Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This premier independent fan experience podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and brings you honest and in-depth Montreal Canadiens discussion and entertainment. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Pudney are proud to be one of your trusted sources for Habs and hockey news. If you are talking about it, so are we. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 175, the entry draft episode with some reaction to the uh, gong show that was the the expansion draft. Uh, I am your host, Blaine Pudvang. I'm joined now by my co-host, Matt Smith. Hey, Matt. And Treg, the court martial NCO Wilson. Hello, everyone. <laughs> uh, we appreciate you giving us some of your time away from the courtroom, Treg. It's very nice of you. I do get to say all rise, so I'm kind of important. You are the Mac of the night court. Right next to Judge Judy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to do my best bird. <laughs> did, did you cut out a little uh, little sheriff start that you wear on your uniform and everything? or what? No. Well, I put my Naval Boarding Party crest uh, badge. Little oh, it's the same on, thing. So, yeah, it's the same thing. Same thing. Navy sheriff. So. uh all right so we may as well dive into this where we're gonna have um we're gonna have a guest in uh jared brown for the second half uh he is going to walk us through all kinds of really great stuff for uh for the entry draft that's going to be tomorrow as we record it's thursday night the 22nd um so tomorrow night First round of the NHL entry draft. I'm sure there's going to be a ton of trades, a ton, all kinds of fun and exciting things, which none of that happened with the expansion draft. It was, it was not so bad. Not at all. And I'll give a shout out to Frank Saravelli for like saving some people from watching that last night. I, I was unfortunately one of the ones that was like, hey, this is going to be cool. There's a new team in the league. Who are they going to pick? I already knew who they were going to pick, but how are they going to announce some of these names? And I was very much disappointed. I was shocked 
that there was no side deals. I was shocked that Ron Francis was like, eh, I can pick all these great players, but I'm going to pick guys that have barely played. He because no one paid me to pick. He picked <laughs> like, quite a few, yeah. Like some, and, and nobody was like, oh, we'll give you this draft pick or this player if you take this player. He was like, no, nah, I'm going to take him anyway. No, you keep you you keep your guys. I'm I'm gonna take these guys. Yeah, and so far there's only been one other deal. Like they flipped uh, Pitlick to Calgary for a fourth. Yeah. So if you would have had some random internet Twitter troll say, "Haha, I'm gonna put a team together," you would probably pick that team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was a, it's a terrible team. It's, it, um, it's other it's, than it's, it's a heavy defense. It's a heavy defensive based team, like. You know, they we knew they were going to take Giordano, and I think he's going to likely be their captain, right? Yeah. Um, Adam Larson was a good pickup, and, and and even for the price that they paid for him, not a bad price at four mil. The one that surprised me, especially the the, the term and the price, was Alessiak. I don't think he's a four point six million dollar defenseman right now, but you know he's uh, he's a good defenseman. And then you look down the list, and it's 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 Drieger mostly... was a good pickup. Yeah, yeah. Was a yeah. Good pickup. yeah. Right, but then you um, look at the rest of the team. The rest of the team, you're like, "What the shit?" Was Jordan, few, there's, Jordan there's, Everly wasn't a bad pickup. Yeah, there's a few players that they name though, and you're just like, "I've like I watch a lot of hockey. I know you guys too." And I'm like, "I've either not heard of this guy, or I don't know why you would pick him over player X." I never heard of Alexander True. I have to admit, never heard of the guy <laughs> from San Jose. Yeah, yeah. never yeah. heard of him. Or I the mean, guy they got out of Columbus. Center. The guy they got out of Columbus. Never heard of him. Why did yeah? So, how far did Max Domi fall for them to pass him over? <laughs> yeah, I like, mean, these are all questions. And also, uh, a shout out to Frank Cervelli. Thank you for finding out who my real father was and releasing that on Twitter. <laughs> Holy crap! Yeah, also, he's tonight. The, tomorrow morning, going to release everyone who's going to be drafted in the entry draft. Yeah, probably <laughs> in order. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, but someone's going to but, 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 replace. Um, uh, Pierre oh, McGuire, right? So, yeah, but uh, who was the guy last year that right before every pick, like pretty much picked who the team was going to pick? Uh, I forget his name now, but he did that last year. Um, I, I forget his name. That's how important he is. But he was right on every pick. <laughs> so he was the guy running the TV feed, and he delayed it by seven seconds so he can get probably, the tweets out. Probably, probably. It was a, it was a, it was a checkmark guy. So it, it was. I mean, so he's connected. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> But unlike me, who's not a trademark guy. So. All right. So, I mean, we it, we watched that freaking gong show on TV. Um, what the hell was that? Like it was just it, it just seemed like it was just so poorly planned. Like I I okay. Chris Fowler made me laugh. Mm. He made me laugh once when he when he roasted the Leafs hard. And that was good. Like that was goals. That was comedy gold. Yeah. yeah. But the but rest for those of, who didn't watch it, repeat the joke. He he just he just he just like he just went on a blast about like how terrible they were. And I and it, I I can't quote it myself. I don't know it off the top of my head. You had to be there. Um, but yeah, <laughs> definitely. If you guys are looking for a laugh, look that up. People are talking about it on social media. Just that part. Don't watch. Just the rest that part. Of the don't watch the rest of it. it. Terrible. Frank Saravelli told us everything you need to know. Was it but at minute it, 31 of the show, as in 3-1, as in it was 3-1? Uh, uh, but, like, 
you like foul you know he's a he's a he's a football guy right he's a football guy he he said forwards were defensemen or vice versa he called the hurricanes the panthers like it's a football guy right but it was but it was just it was just so not well put together and uh, there was a video that was going out on uh social media of them throwing the fish for the Leafs pick and everyone's like, Oh, they're taking Kerfoot. There was another video that had leaked for McCann just from a different angle. So we knew it was going to be one of them. And then Saravelli told us who it was, but it's just seemed that everyone that came up on the stage and everyone that they, that they talked to, it was like, here, here's a piece of paper. Here's who they're picking. And it just seemed like those people had no goddamn idea who was going to be on that piece of paper. Like we saw Sean Kemp and Sean Kemp did the best. He did his, he did his best. I think it's maybe like Sean Kemp's a big boy. Like he's a big man. And if you don't know who Sean Kemp is, go look at Sean Kemp. I think they gave him like a Treg size, like Kraken t-shirt to put on. Like he <laughs> squeezed into that fucking thing. Like he's like, he's like pressure of a diamond like to squeeze into that damn thing and they tried to, and they picked Donskoy and he did his damnedest to to announce Donskoy's name definitely go look it up and have a laugh but uh Marshall could, Lynch was better that was Marshall, my favorite Marshall Lynch was good too he didn't even try to announce no. the name right he was just no. like I have no idea. no no my Marshall Lynch Callie. didn't either yeah my yeah. man Callie that's all it said <laughs> but like there were some parts that obviously made us laugh, but as a whole, uh, the venue looked like it was beautiful and there was the, the, but it just, it didn't have, it didn't have any energy. And some people say, well, well, that's because Sarah Valley talked to, talked to, it didn't have anything to do with that because they, they, they still played it off. Like nobody knew. What was right? the uh, ESPN production value was low. I mean, Seattle Very much so. was terrible. Very much just... so. And, and, and this is something that we have to look, look forward to for the oncoming years as ESPN is going to be one of the leaders, if not the leader in, uh, in NHL broadcasting. And my NHL. biggest question about ESPN is why Chris Fowler of all the hockey people that are out there that you could have hired from uh, uh, NBC. Yeah. You go with a football guy. Chris yeah, I'll Fowler. give a shout out to Dominic Moore, though. He did his damnedest to try he to save the to, show. He if, tried if you to watch, steer things clear. Yeah. But why? I mean, and again, nothing against Chris Fowler. He's a football guy. Yeah. And you're throwing, but for a debut for ESPN, that was, was terrible. It was bad. It was terrible. They couldn't have given him like a, a, like a two day crash course on here's some of the names, how to say them, what positions they are maybe a cheat sheet so that he can refer to just so that he they, wouldn't look so bad. They just should have hired a hockey guy. There, there's that end too. Of story. <laughs> I mean, Fowler could, have, hockey guy. Fowler could have been the host. He could have been the one controlling it. And I'm going to throw it to this guy or that guy, but have he a hockey have been the guy. Ron there. McClain That's right. With, with less knowledge and more t and more shirts on. Right. <laughs> so uh, anyway, so um, I think we've, I think we've covered, how terrible the coverage was. Oh my was. God. It was horrible. He was worse <laughs> than George Strompolopoulos on uh, CBC when he did the NHL. Uh, we took between the at, at least he made, at least he made wearing tight jeans look cool for like two minutes. <laughs> well, that's this, why Sean, Kemp, this Sean, Sean Kemp wore the, he wore the, he wore the 
tight shirt. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Because of Sean Camp, I'm going back to the baby gap to get my shirt. So, <laughs> so yeah. should we break down some of these picks? Maybe some of the guys that they should have looked at? Uh, no, nah, screw You up. know what? Let's talk about the massive balls on Mark Bergevin. Yes. Done. Done. Which are bigger, his balls or his biceps? I'm going to go right now with his balls because he was like, he dang, like he was just like, hey, Ron, pick whoever the fuck you want. I really don't care. Here's the names. Go for it. I Here's the names. You. Pick them. Here's what's wrong with them. Here's their medical records. Pick them. I don't care. Pick Apparently, them. Ron Francis didn't even come back and say, hey, I'll, uh, I'll back away from price if you give me this. He didn't even bother with that. No. He, he just he just postured and said, "Well, maybe we'll pick him." Blah blah. No, Francis was going for cap space and cap space yeah. alone. Clearly, because you just left the goalie who carried his team to the Stanley Cup final, who's from the area, who played junior in the area, and you you passed him over. I mean, I I wrote an article about it was a win win situation for Montreal regardless. Win win. Like if they lost. Pri- Price, they have ten and a half million more money in cap space added to the seven point eight million of cap relief that they're going to have going into next season. Uh, if they didn't lose, well, they still got Price and they still got Allen with Price out maybe three 60, to six months, six to eight weeks, yeah. six, six to eight weeks. Then you have you have Allen. You still got Allen to, to to carry the team, right? And uh, but I thought for sure there was going to be a side deal with Montreal to. I was, I was waiting for those the whole time. There but were Bergman none. was just like, yeah. you know what? Here's my guys. Pick who you want. Yeah. Pick and live yeah. with it. And then in <laughs> Friedman's 31 thoughts, uh, apparently Seattle was a little bit upset because the Canadians didn't follow the spirit of the uh, expansion draft, to which the only answer I have to that is too fucking bad. Yeah. You could have picked who you wanted to pick. Yeah. You what's, had the chance. The, what's the spirit of the expansion draft? I left guys unprotected. You, you pick whoever you pick. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I mean, tell me one team that's not going to look at a player like Shea Weber and say, man, this guy is injured for the year at least, or his career. We'll get into that later. Of course, I'm not going to protect him. Take him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, I think it's just. Francis, you could have picked Price and you didn't. That's on you, not not the Montreal Canadiens. It's on you. And I don't I don't have a problem with him choosing not to pick Price. It makes it makes sense, it makes sense. if if you're just looking at it from a cap hit point of view. With the, if if you wanted to win right now, then you pick him. With the, yes, with the team that they picked, if they would have picked Price to have to play in front of that team, I would have been disappointed. I would have been disappointed for Price. But if they price were picking price, played. then they were picking Landeskog, and they oh, were they picking, would they would have you know they, what I mean? Like they would have picked, they would have probably picked. They would have picked all the team. like Max Domi and all these other guys that. But they went in the opposite direction of Vegas. Vegas went for the we want to build a team and have a team that can compete now, whereas Francis is like I'm going to start my team in a rebuilding phase. That's basically what he did. Well, he put together a team based on analytics. <clears throat> where they're basically going to run a system of defense first. And in the Pacific division, that's weak as shit for next year. That might be a playoff team. It very so well could lo- be. 
they're well, they didn't get Mete or Gustafson, so I don't I don't believe your analytics crap. So valid point. No, it's true. It's a valid point. But they did pick up some good young players. They picked up some guys that we talked about. Yeah. Um, they t- they went out and they 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 got uh, Vince Dunn. That was a good pick, right? That, we that thought, right? We they went out and got him. Yeah, but how um, do you overlook Jake Bean out of Carolina and go with Geeky? Yeah, yeah. which is a horrible pick or terrible yeah. name. Poor guy. <laughs> terrible. <name. laughs> I mean, yeah, that. And same within Columbus. They went with that uh, – what's it? Well, I don't even know his name. Not Domi. That's his name. Not Domi. Not you had Max Domi. Domi there. You could have took Domi. Um, that was well, that Domi's Gavin, be out for Gavin Byruther or whatever. Yeah. Was, uh, yeah. And Detroit. They went with an AHL guy. Chowalski but then they turn, or whatever his They name turn is. around and they go, to, they go to Vancouver and they take Vancouver's best young player in Cole Lind. Yeah. And Mason Appleton from Winnipeg. It took a Great good young – yeah, great pick there. And then uh, Jordan Everly, I think, was a good pick for them. A little bit veteran, a solid pick. I mean, I would have probably gone with Bellows if you're looking long term. Yeah, but um, if you need scoring now, Everly's there. Giordano was a yeah, he's going to be their captain probably. More than likely, I'm thinking. I, tweet, I tweeted it out last night. Um, the thing is, is, I don't think they would have brought Giordano out if he wasn't staying. That's right. I don't think they would have shown him off to the team. If he was, if they were just going to flip him, so I'm thinking it's going to be Giordano, Eberle, and Larson that'll that'll wear letters, and and then Probably. they'll go from there. Yeah. What well, based I, on based on the team that they brought together? I think they have good young goaltending, Decord and uh, yeah. Decord and and Dreider and uh, Vitek Vajek. Yeah. I think they have good young goaltending, and yeah. their blue line looks pretty good. Yeah, it's it just young. It's just young and inexperienced, yeah. really. Yeah. And then they I mean, got they Yanni Gord. They got Yanni Gord. They got Hayden and Cal Fleury, both Fleury yeah. brothers. Yeah. Yanni Which, Gord. Yeah. I mean, yeah. seeing the Fleury brothers together, I, I would love to see that as a pairing. Well, you saw how Hayden, like you saw how Hayden was when he came out and he talked and everything, and he, you could tell he was, uh, he was excited to be playing with his brother. Your mom was happy because now yeah. she only has to root for one team. There That's you go. right. Yeah. Um, and speaking of Cal Fleury, I mean, overall. That's probably the best case scenario for the Canadians in an expansion draft this year. I, 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 I'm a big Flurry fan. I liked I liked him yeah. when he played in junior. I liked seeing him in Laval. I, th- I thought that he did well when he was with the Canadians. It's 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 another young prospect, unfortunately, on the, on the defense um, that they're that they're losing out. But it could have been a hell of a lot worse, as as you yeah. said. But um, I wish him all the best. I wish him all the best. I hope Absolutely. he does. I hope I hope he does well and. Uh, Hopefully we'll see him as a uh, member of the Kraken actually uh, crack the roster and, 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 and crack may- in the roster, <laughs> maybe, and maybe hope to see him uh, play in Montreal. Yeah, I hope, maybe. I hope he gets in the roster and he gets pucks in deep and uh, does it for the boys and uh, they okay. all come together and 110%. Yeah, hard. Uh, do it for your mom, do it for your brother. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, perf- team first. another thing, if they're going analytically, I would have thought Brett Kulak would have been their pick. And that's why I thought they were going to pick Kulak. In the last episode, I mentioned that Kulak would have been my guess. But they went with uh, with Fleury, which, you know, if you're thinking about age and what kind of an impact longer term, that makes perfect sense. But analytic-wise, you would think that Kulak would be the guy because he's such an analytic darling. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, Canadians keep one of the two and their, their yeah. bottom pair. Personally, on the bottom pair, I like Kulak or Fleury. 
Flurry yeah. took a step back this year in the AHL, but he did have injury issues. He so. did, yeah. He did, yeah. He did. Um, but uh, I'm I'm not a I'm not an anti Kulak guy, so. I but you but you look you look at the you look at the names that are coming up on the defensive side. They got Norlander coming up. They just picked Gooley in the first round last year, and we saw a glimpse of how he how he played for Team Canada. We saw how he looked in Laval. So they they've got some young guys coming up. They got they got they've got Harris. They got Struble, et cetera. The issue it, is they're all left. That's I was about to it's say still, that. <laughs> it's still it still it still sucks. But they're now weak on the right side. They have yeah, no depth Brooke, on the right side. Brooks, whatsoever. the only right-hand prospect they got right now. That plays on the left. <laughs> they only have two right-hand guys on the team. Petrie and Petrie. They only have one right-hand guy on the team. They only have two in the system right now. Yeah. Him, so and, I, uh, <clears throat> him and Brooke. So I wouldn't be surprised they pick a couple of right-handed D. Uh, well, I mean, they got a couple other ones in the uh, – the prospect pipeline below Brook, but yeah. Brook's the only one that's close to being NHL ready, and he is not. So that means there's going to be some work done this uh, this off season on bringing somebody in, and that takes me to the second part of this segment, mm-hmm. where we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, highlights of Mark Bergevin's press conference. So I'm just going to name off a couple of highlights, and then we'll we'll dive into it. But before we get to that, I'm just going to mention that Kelly Buckberger was hired on as an assistant for the Laval Rocket. I think that is an, an amazing addition to Laval. I mean, this is a guy who has former head coaching experience in the, uh, the CHL. He's, he was an NHL assistant. He was a director of player personnel in the NHL as well. So he was Edmonton, ton- wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, and, which brings a ton of uh, coaching and player development uh, experience, which is perfect for the role he's going to play. So... Great hire there. Um, all right. So to the highlights of Mark Bergevin's press conference, uh, the first one, and, and we'll just, we'll, we'll chat about them one by one. Yep. So I'm going to start with the first point and Weber is definitely out this season. He's going to be on LTIR come uh, training camp. And Bergevin is also kind of hint. Uh, he, he basically said that there's a good chance that his career is done. So uh, that sucks. It does, and it doesn't. Um, it sucks because Weber's leadership is not going to be there. It sucks because Weber, no matter what you say, Weber was good on all facet, facets of his game, uh, no matter what some people on Twitter say. He was say. clearly in decline, but he was clear a, in an decline, impact player. But- but he wasn't in decline because of old age. He was in decline because of the way he plays the game and the way he doesn't stop whether he's injured or not. And Bergevin referenced that in the press conference. He said he didn't even want to not practice. That's how uh, – and uh, – And he didn't even bring up how much pain he was playing through. No. Um, the good part about it is you free up his contract. And, I mean, I, I, I'm – I know we're talking about we're losing a, a great player for the Canadians, a great leader and stuff like that, but hockey is still a business. So you, uh, I'm, I, I almost guarantee he's going to get traded back to Nashville. Well, whether he does or he doesn't, uh, he, if, even if he sits on LTIR for the next uh, four years, that's nearly $8 million in cap. Yeah. And here's a guy that played on the power play, whether you, think he was any good at it or not they had him there a guy who played on the penalty kill where he was actually good 
And at five on five, so here's a guy who plays 20 to 25 minutes a night playing in every situation. Now you have to find a way to replace him. And you, finding one person to do it would be astronomical. If you can maybe, and here's just a theory, it might be easier to do if you signed two guys. You know, like maybe say uh, a David Savard and an Alec Martinez. You can do that for about eight to 10. Alex Martinez can almost do both. Almost. Yeah. Probably not as well as Weber, but he can play the PK and the power play. But between those two, if you added two players, yeah. uh, each one could probably cover off 20 minutes, 22 minutes. And now you have a much deeper team and you have two guys who are more dedicated to the opposite ends. One's on offense, one's on defense. You have different options for pairings. So that might actually be the better way to go than to go for, say, a Dougie Hamilton. Well, Dougie Hamilton will cost you eight, and you can probably get Martinez and Savard for maybe nine together. Yes. Yeah. So, Matt, thoughts on this? It's going to be very hard to replace the uh, the leadership aspect of um, having Jay Weber in the lineup, and it just so happened that he he was play, he's played he played through the pain for too long. And um, we saw it happen when he when he busted his ankle up a few years back. He played up to the point where he pretty much had to shut himself down. And uh, we know that that happened within the first week of the season. And he, and he played till after Christmas with that injury. And, um, you know, hats off to him. He had a tremendous career. Uh, it's too bad that he never got his name on a cup. Yeah. Um, obviously made it close, but um, – He's, he's still a guy that I, I, I've had just so much respect for throughout his career. And um, wherever he uh, ends up finding himself after his playing career is over, I wish him all the best. And uh, I, I think he'd be a, a great guy to, uh, to, be, to, to, to one day join a team in some sort of uh, management capacity. I think he'd do a fantastic job for an organization. He's the guy some, a team would hire to fire people. You just walk in, <laughs> just fired. walk in. There's yeah. no arguments, yeah. but uh, no, I mean, Shea Weber might turn out to be probably the best Canadians captain to have never won a cup. And I know Koivu is a captain who didn't win, but I think Weber just above him on that one. Um, all right. So from that, we're going to move on to, something uh, something less controversial jonathan drouet so, <laughs> so uh during the press conference uh Bergevin said he uh he's had a a good a good conversation with uh with drouet uh things are a lot better and he's expecting drouet back next season at training camp now i don't know if that's just him saying that to keep the to get the the trade value up a little bit or if that's really what's going to happen but if it is really what's going to happen, um, all I can say is good. Whatever it is that caused Droid to need personal time to leave the team and take care of whatever he needs to take care of, if he's ready to come back, that means he has taken care of his problem, or at least it seems. And if he has, then great. I'm happy. I want him back. Come back to the team. Uh, I think you'd be, he'd be a good addition to a team in need of some offense. I'm just hoping that if he comes back, when he comes back, 
Then he comes back as the Jonathan Dryam old. Uh, this season, you could definitely tell that there was something wrong. Yeah. And uh, it, it showed in this game, you know, 44 games and you're an offensive player. You only scored two goals. Even the year prior, 27 games, you only scored seven. Um if he can, if he can return of the, the I said the Jonathan drive old and, 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 and get some, uh, get some chemistry going with, uh, with either a center that they're going to bring in. Maybe they throw him with Suzuki again, like they did in the playoffs uh, in the 1920 season. Uh, maybe he gets some time with Kakaniemi, who knows, but um, you know, he's still an important part of this team. We know that the, the, the talent is definitely there. I just hope he brings it to the ice every time he steps on it. If, if not, you know, that's a five and a half million dollar cap for, uh, you know, for, you know, just to, just to, you know, skate around. That's that's what we saw for the most part of the season. Well, honestly, I, I, I don't care if he scores one goal, if he's getting 50 to 60 points. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Gives a shit how many goals he scores. I mean, other than you know, other than the people that want to just shit on him for not if, scoring. If, if he goals. can, but if but if he can produce and he can, uh, you know, he can he can just look like he's engaged in the game, and we didn't see that this year. That'd be a win. Absolutely, uh, Trey, Trey, what do you He think? got more engaged when Dom Ducharme took over. He probably yes, played some of did. his best he hockey did. when Dom Ducharme got over. Uh, I think he was well engaged at the first of the season, but he wasn't putting the goals in and then the pressure kept coming down on him. I mean, he was led the team in assists right up until a couple of weeks before he stopped playing. So it's not like he wasn't helping produce his two way game was probably the best uh, we've seen since he became a Montreal Canadian. And a lot of people kind of forget that fact. Like a lot of people just look at Druin's past and don't look at the Druin right now. And I'm telling you, his two-way game, his back-checking and stuff like that, I thought for Druin was pretty goddamn good. And, uh, I mean, I've written a lot of articles the last little while about Druin and the, what the future. And, Blaine, you had your Druin situation one. And uh, I had what's the future for Druin or maybe Druin should be exposed to the expansion draft. And it wasn't because I wanted him off the teams because I wanted Druin in a better spot. And uh, if Druin feels like Montreal is the place for him to be and he feels like he's, he's, he's better and he, he's at the place he needs to be at, then all the power to him. I hope he succeeds. I think a line of Druin, Suzuki, and uh, Caulfield will be just tremendous scoring line. Like, uh, tremendous. Yeah. yeah, and people want to denigrate the defensive play on that line, but Suzuki, quality defense, uh, two-way player. Like you mentioned, Drouin's defense has vastly improved, and Caulfield is an excellent defensive, defensive winger, player. especially for a rookie. And the way I look at it, if you have a pure scoring line, I'll I'll let you have defensive laps every once in a while. Because if you're going to score three to one, three three four to one against when your line's up there, fine. I'm, I'm Seems okay to work in that. Toronto in the regular season. <laughs> you know, in the regular season. <laughs> yeah. And Dubis is very. Uh, Stands by his core. Stands by it. Yeah. Whether it works or not, he's he going because he knows his job's on the line. <laughs> he, I don't think he has a choice because let's be honest, yeah. it's Shanahan's core. But that's right. That's right. Um, getting back <clears throat> to a, a real hockey team. Um, <laughs> uh, I, you know, I'm happy. I'm excited for Druin. You guys know I'm a big Druin fan. Um, I see Blaine. You got your your Druin jersey that you got for for the. Uh, it sat, the, it the sat in the arena the entire playoffs. And, uh, you know, I, I hope he comes back. I hope he has a great uh, season. I'm not expecting anything more than he hasn't already done. 
Um, and if he does get more bonus. bonus. Now, before we move on from Drew to the next point, um, I hate to say his name, but I have to. Brendan Kelly. Who? Yeah, that guy decided that he was going to spout off and say, well, we need to know what caused this problem for Drouin. It's our right to know. And to that, I say, no, it's not. Mm -hmm. This is a perfect time to drop an F-bomb to Brendan Kelly. (laughs) Feel free. (laughs) Fuck you, Brendan Kelly. There you go. (laughs) Chef's kiss. Perfect. Uh, Listen. Brendan Kelly's probably going to write an article how they won the Subban trade. We lost the Subban trade because you, you know what's uh, coming. You know he's you know probably already coming. had it written for six months now. Uh, probably. Um, he's also the same guy who's like, oh, just because they made it to the finals, they didn't win. And Brendan Kelly will do as long as Bergevin's GM. Brendan Kelly will do whatever he can to. Brendan Kelly is the Leafs, uh, the editor and Leafs of Canadians. Uh, I think he's editor and Leaf. I he think probably he's the same is. Person. He probably is. Yeah. No, but, uh, no, he's. He's a, editor in leaf is a, a blatant Homer and admits to it. Whereas this, this is pure hate. Well, the thing is, I don't understand. Like, I, I don't want to talk about Ryan Kelly very often. It is none much. of his goddamn business. But, but, I, but I don't, but, but I don't understand how like you can cover the team and be like, say how all these things that like you're a fan, you're this, you're that. And then just shit on them, like left, right and center. But he he's doesn't an cover entertainment the reporter. He's an entertainment right. reporter for Gazette who just puts out a uh, opinion piece about the Canadians. Stu Cowan and Pat Hickey, yeah, the yeah, yeah, for the, the Montreal Gazette. But we still, but we still hear about this guy, and he comes on shows, and he comes on uh, podcasts. Because he just shits and, on the team constantly, right? And, and he comes on shows just so people can see, can prove to everyone else what a shitty friggin' person he is. Like yeah. he, he's just. But I when when you're on the long term injury reserve for a personal reason. This is, it's a personal reason. If he wants to share it, he will share it. If he doesn't want to share it, it's none of our goddamn business. That's right. He was was gone. Now he's back. We do not have the right to know about. I had some, I had some anonymous schmuck online. Tell me that, Hey, I bought his Jersey. So he owes me. No, no, you don't No, You bought a Jersey. You get a Jersey. You don't get, you don't get access to these guys' personal lives. It's not entertainment journalism that we're that this is. This is this is it's sports. It's not like he broke a finger. That's right, and that's reported. I really don't care what was going on with Druin. I don't care why he had the time off. No, it's his I'm business. Not even, I'm not going to speculate why he had the time off. I uh, I just want him to come back healthy and happy and play great hockey. Trip in the story. Don't yep. care. So I really don't care. Whether he comes back to the Canadians or not, as long as he's playing in the NHL next year, that that's a win to me. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, moving on from that, uh, the third point, uh, Bergevin was asked if he wanted Corey Perry back, and he was pretty concise when he just said yes. Good choice. <laughs> really? Good choice. Yeah. What more do you Did say? Did Arpin ask that question? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, you're, you're losing out on the leadership of Weber. Um, I, I think it showed on the ice how important uh, Perry was, especially to some of these young players. I think that a, a full year of Corey Perry in the locker room and uh, to be around some of these young guys and, and with the with some of these veterans that we know that the Canadians are going to lose. Tatar is likely not going to be back. Weber 
we know that he's not going to be playing. Price is likely to miss part of the season. Um, Maybe. We don't know. But, yeah, we don't know if Deneau's coming back. Even though he's young, he's still a he's still a um, he's still a, you know a veteran to this team, et cetera. So to have a guy that's been there, done that, in Perry for another full year, and, and even Perry in his uh, end of the year conference, he 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 said that he wants to live the Canadians' yeah. lifestyle, and uh, I one hundred percent welcome him back. He even mentioned he wanted to move his family to Montreal so that they can experience the whole thing too. So throw a hundred, throw a million bucks at him and. Yeah. yeah. One year, $1 million. I'm sure he'll take that. Yeah. Uh, and there's already uh, rumors out there. I haven't heard it from Frank Cervelli, so it's not guaranteed, but uh, that they're, that the Canadians and Perry have been talking. So, all right. So uh, moving on from that point to the next one, and you kind of alluded to it, uh, Deno. Deno was someone that uh, Bergeron mentioned that he does want back, but he said, well, we're not sure to, uh, unless they sign, we don't know. But for all intents and purposes, everything that's been reported, uh, it doesn't – I put it at gonna, about 10% that he comes back. He's going to be a guy. They're going to leave the door open for him. Yeah. Right? They're going to they're gonna leave the door open, and I think they're going to let him test the waters, and, I, and, and maybe he's going to prove – he might prove us wrong, but it might also prove us right that he's overvaluating himself based on his performance during the regular season. Reportedly wants five and a half over six years. Yeah, I don't think that's Zach Hyman money. What are you talking about? I don't think uh, Bergevin's going to go any higher than five. He already shouldn't go any higher. He He already supposedly offered him a a contract for what five million six by five year for six years, and or five by yeah five by six yeah five by six five by six. uh, He shouldn't. He's going to be a third line center. Let's be honest here. He's going to be a third line shutdown center. He shouldn't be paying him over four and a half. Yeah, I mean, if, if Ryan Nugent Hopkins is going to get five point one, Dano definitely isn't going to get any more than that. Yeah, it really it really depends on uh, how to evaluate him right now. If he's going to be a third line, he's going to be a second line guy. It's going to really depend if if Kakaniami can take the jump. If uh, how they see Evans, what what uh, Paling's going to look like, etc. There's a lot of what ifs, but um, yeah, so, you you can't sign him for any more than any more than say four and a half five max they're deep enough at center that they don't have to overpay to keep to know on the team no and, and there's options the, out there and with yeah. the salary cap relief they're going to get from weber they can make a deal if need be you look at what's available in the ufa market yeah you got wenberg uh holla holla would be an excellent pickup for a couple of years who would come at half that price um hell gets Getzlaff's going to be a ufa maybe they get him on a short-term deal with Perry, I mean, you throw Getzlaff on a th- uh, on a third fourth line, great, way cheap, and he would come in cheaper than than Deno. I mean, we talked about this last episode. Deno brings a lot of value to the team, being a local on top of that. But you don't overpay just because he was born in the province. Right. That's that's poor asset management. It's kind of what they did with Druid. A little bit, yeah. And how are the fans taking to that? Exactly. Well, look at Deneau at the first of the season. No no fan wanted him to stay in Montreal. No, they were trying to trade him off for spare parts. Yeah, And now it's like, oh, we got to sign him. Look how well he did in the playoffs. I like him, but 
There's I like them too. There's a and, there's, and if they get them for five million or less, perfect. Four and a half. I even, th- I even think five million is too much. I agree it, with you, Blaine. But it is. They four already offered max. him five million, so you know he's not going to ask for anything less for Montreal. Yeah. They already offered it to him. Yeah. And to me, that's too much, especially when you have everything that's coming up. I mean, Suzuki is looking like he can take on some of that matchup role. Evans as well. They can share that load. Paling's coming up. The UFA market has some centermen that could fill those roles for and much who knows, cheaper. Who knows, who knows what Kotniemi will do with more minutes? There you go. And that's – Bergevin talked about Kotniemi and what he felt he needed. And a larger role for Kotniemi is more than likely coming next year, mm-hmm. which means less ice time for Dino anyway, which is probably why he's leaving in the first place. So he mentioned, uh, Bergevin mentioned Kotskaniemi and talked about what he feels he needs. And he mentioned more strength. So he wants a, he wants some more mass on the lower, uh, the, the, uh, the lower body so that his core strength is up. He win more board battles that way. And Kotskaniemi kind of talked about that in his exit interview and mentioned how he wants to improve his skating. So a little bit of strength down in the, uh, the lower extremities and in the core. And now you've got yourself a 21-year-old, six foot two, six foot three, two hundred fifteen pound center who's going to win a lot of board battles. You just got to get his consistency down. I think with strength that'll come. And Bergevin mentioned exactly that. Consistency was his biggest enemy this past year. You know, but all the wingers, Blaine, all the wingers. Well, that didn't help his consistency. It, it didn't help, but it wasn't the reason for. Who are you taking? Who are you switching the wingers around with? You're not doing it with Suzuki, and you're not doing it with Deneau. So and why? Why is that? That's right. But now why that Deneau likely won't come because back, because they had the confidence of Suzuki you, and Deneau might, to stay where they're at. You might see. You might see Gallagher move up with Gokaniemi, sure. and that and that other that other uh, position. Um, Depending on where Drouin slots in, depending on where Toffoli slots in, depending if they play uh, Anderson on the left, like what they did with with uh, with with Caulfield and Suzuki, it, it, the, the option the options are there. I would love to see. I personally think you're going to see Gallagher drop to a third line. If I'm with Kotkaniemi, I think if you don't bring Deneau back, Kotkaniemi is your second line center. If they, don't oh, but I, I can I can totally see Gallagher with Kotkaniemi. I can see that. Totally I can also see Anderson and Toffoli with Kotniemi and Drouin and Caulfield with Suzuki. Sure, sure. But back to the, the reason for changing the lines the way they did. Um, Suzuki and uh, and Deneau were consistent. That yeah. is why their lines yes, rarely true. changed. That's true. I mean, Suzuki did have a drop in production for like three weeks, but his defensive game and his overall game stayed the same. He and just was wasn't putting the puck in that. It was infuriating to watch. I wanted to see Kotkaniemi get two, three games with a guy, but it turned out he'd get maybe a period or two. And that that's infuriating. Yeah. But when they when you see the inconsistency, you can see why they did it, even though sometimes it's it you know, it is it, are they are they causing the inconsistency or is he like it, it so that argument I can get, but but that's why. Um, anyway, the next and the last piece that we'll talk about is Bergevin's plans. He was asked about his plans through the summer 
And he mentioned how it's pretty fluid. He's not going to give away too much, obviously, but uh, he, he mentioned his offseason plans depend heavily on what the doctor says about Carey Price. So right now, uh, the expectation is six to eight weeks. But, I mean, we saw it with, um, with Weber uh, when he went in for uh, what was supposed to be a, an easy procedure, and it ended up taking a lot more time to recover. So if they go in and it's just a quick cleanup of a knee or something and you know, that's six to eight weeks, he'll, he'll be fine. But if they have to go in, it's a, it's a bigger deal. Well, what if we're looking at six months? So that'll change how he approaches the off season because he's going to need a goalie. But if price comes back, he can spend his time looking at defensemen. So. I think uh, even if price doesn't come back, uh, you have Allen who played well with Odom. But I think you need those defensemen in front of Allen uh, just to keep – because all they really need to do is keep pace with the playoffs to uh, – uh, But who to they get... bring in as a backup for Allen? It's not going to be Primo. Lindgren? Resign Lindgren. Whoa, 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 whoa. We, you think we're going to get an all-star like that for cheap? <laughs> 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 I had to think what you're saying there for a minute. Uh, no. Yeah. I I don't see Lincoln coming back no matter what. No, I I don't. I, th- I think I think you it's can get be... someone on the cheap. Bring in Louis Domingue or someone. Someone on the cheap in the UFA. Someone I don't know. It's, it's going to be, be or they just or they just have Primo. I I, I don't want to waste. I, I don't I don't think that, I don't think they should. He I don't think they should. But, in but I don't think they should. But don't be surprised uh, unless you pay, take McDevin and throw him as a backup. I think they would rather give some random UFA goalie a couple of million dollars to come in and play that role than put him on waivers. Yeah, you can do that. But like that's say, still like... that would take away time though in the off season that he would have to focus on. He's got to find a way to replace Weber because we know for a fact he is not coming back. So he needs to replace Weber. So that's one, maybe two defensemen right there. He, we, uh, the Canadians need more scoring. They need, they, need, uh, they need some winger depth that can actually score. So it it sounds like they're talking to Huffman. Like that, that, uh, I've heard this from a few different people. So Yeah, I've seen it. But at the same time on Anjou's, um, was it... Uh, Shoot, his teammate in St. Louis. Oh, starts with a P. I'm drawing a blank. Peter Angelo? No. Perron? Yes. Perron. So Perron uh, on Onjaus mentioned how he didn't quote but come out and say it, but he kind of alluded to the fact that there was a bit of a locker room thing. With Hoffman? Yeah, so I don't see... I mean, and that's something that's followed him since his Ottawa days with his, uh, his girlfriend and all the shit that uh, yeah. happened between them and the Carlsons. So just looking at goalies here. I mean, you've got guy, Brian Elliott. You can bring him in for a couple million. Yeah. Anders Nielsen, David Riddick, Carter Hutton, you know, but getting, I mean, but con- talking to one and convincing them to sign that that could take a few hours in a, in the first day where he can, he can spend that time finding someone to take uh, Deno's spot when Deno decides he doesn't want to take 
the reasonable yet not as lucrative offer that Montreal is giving him. Yeah. I mean, you, st- you got Curtis McElney, but he might cost you a little bit because he's a pretty good backup. Corey Schneider. Bring Corey Schneider in. <laughs> Keith Kincaid. <laughs> Anderson. <laughs> Freddie Anderson on a cheap yeah. deal. Yeah. Craig Anderson could be uh, an option. There you go. Come out of retirement, buddy. Did he retire? Like, what team was he on last year? Went to Washington. Yes. Washington ended up being their their starter for a little while in the playoffs. Yeah. No. It's going to be an interesting offseason, but the less less crap that Bergevin has to focus on, the less, you know, the better. He's got to go with team needs before he starts filling up the, you know, fill the cabinets up. You know what I mean? Like he's I gotta, think he's – oh, sorry there, uh, Matt. Go ahead. Don't go ahead. Like that's, 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 a, what, that's what his priority has to be. I think he's going to – I think goaltending is going to be the last of his worries until he's going to cross that bridge when he gets to it. He's going to sign everyone else and he's a sign. He's just going to find some cheap-ass goalie to, uh, to put in. So before we before we take a break and move on to the uh, the interview with Jared about the draft, I'm going to ask you guys one question that has to do with the draft, and that's: Do you think that the Canadians are going to make a trade between now and their pick, trading that pick or making any kind of trade whatsoever? Trade? Yes, yes, yeah? I do. What do you think they're going to do? I don't think they're keeping the pick. Do you, what what are they looking for? Like, I think they're looking for a, a scoring forward up front, and I think they're going to use the pick to get one. I think they're going to use the UFA market to get the defenseman, and I think they're going to trade for a forward. Do you have an idea of a forward they want, or not really? Be, no. Pretend you're Frank Cervelli. <laughs> <laughs> uh no, no, I don't. I don't really have a. Okay. You just think they're going to go for some scoring on uh, I think they're going to go for some scoring up front. I know there's some guys on the market. I just can't think of any names right now. So, All right. What about you, Matt? Do you think they're going to make a trade? And if so, for what? I I, I think they're going to keep their pick, but I think they're going to trade. They might try to trade up if there's somebody that uh, that they want. Uh, Oh, okay. We, we, um, you know, there's some some guys that um, I know that we've discussed a little bit like uh, Zachary LaRue, we've talked about a couple. Uh, uh, we've talked about Zach Bolduc. We've talked about um, uh, Xavier Borgo. We've talked about a couple of these different guys. And uh, you never know. They, they might take that uh, pick 31, which is really pick 30. 30. And, yeah. uh, and um, they might take that and then package it with one of their many other picks. Um, they've got three-fourths, a fifth, sixth, and a seventh that they might be able to say – you know, package these together to actually get the player that they want, or we, we might see them, you know, because it is almost a second round pick. We might see them, uh, we might see them flip it, but I, I can see him using the pick. Now I'm pretty sure that it's the Canadians turn this year to give away their seventh to Philadelphia, but tradition so. states that they have to make a trade for their seventh. So I think so. Well, I'm pretty sure we'll see that, but I'm, I'm with you, Treg. I think they're going to make a deal. And I, I don't know if they're going to trade away the first, but I think it's in play. And I, and I'm going to name someone. Bushnevich. 
out of the Rangers. I think he yeah, would thinking, be a good target. I was thinking Tarasenko too, or something like that. Tarasenko would be an amazing pickup depending on what they trade out. They have to trade out some salary as well. Yeah. They, eat, <clears> so they, could, they could eat some of it. They could, you yeah. know, like a, especially since a we know a third and a, and a lower. Well, especially we know he wants out. He does. Yes. He does. Right. So, so yeah. St. Louis might just be like, we'll eat, we'll eat this to, to, to make it happen. And they did lose Vince Dunn. So it could be take one of his left-handed prospects off the hand too. Yeah. Like, and if you're looking for a new place, uh, a new start for Droy, that, that would be an excellent deal to pull off. I think Drew stays in Montreal, but we'll see. Yeah. But it, it like I said, if yep. you're looking yep. for it, otherwise you go with the standard Byron and scraps. Because everybody wants that. Because everyone wants it. But uh, Byron right. Paling and a second round pick for Tarasenko. So no, no, Paling who says no? Who it's says a, no? A, you got to replace Paling with a third round pick. Come on now. Oh, okay. Do this. Who right. says no? <laughs> everyone. Everyone says no. Yeah. All right. So uh, I think we'll uh, we'll end this segment here. We'll we'll take a break, and when we come back, we will be joined by Jared Brown of Drapro and. He's going to school us on the draft. So please stick around. Do you have a problem getting big city slams? Are you not getting the gains at the gym? Well, don't mortgage your future on rental supplements. Get Bergy Arms. Bergy Arms will get you the gains you need. Bergy Arms gets rid of all the bad attitude and builds better character. So you can get the gains you need. Get Bergier, Arms, Arms, today. Not a real project, mate. May make you trade your favorite player for a mountain man. Do not use if you're healthy. If you want to loyalty, buy a dog. And welcome back to Habs Unfiltered. Uh, we are joined now by our special guest. I'm distracted by that jersey behind you. See. So why don't you tell our, our listeners who you are and where they can find you while I, I go throw up. <laughs> uh, so my name is Jer- Jared Brown. I'm the uh, head scout of North America over at Draft Pro Hockey. And uh, I'm a big Leaf fan. So hopefully there's no fights on this call um, <laughs> while I'm on. You have been reported. <laughs> okay and that's the end of the episode <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> ah, we won't hold it you get you it's a draft show so we're gonna have fun with this i mean what's the point of what's the point of having a hockey podcast if you can't chirp a little bit and have fun exactly you gotta you gotta poke fun at you know each other's fan bases and 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 for myself as a leaf fan i gotta poke fun at my own fan base or my own my own team which you know fails to get out of the first round five years in a row and and then here is Montreal going to the cup final and I'm like yeah I would love to have that one of these years <laughs> if it makes you feel any better Carey Price is going to be injured and we just lost Shea Weber so if that makes you feel any better you would think it does but it doesn't he still beat us in the first round I guess I you know I can't say anything <laughs> well, well you just said it you well you just said it Canadians beat you yeah. in the first round and it was good for me to hear again so (laughs) i'll never get tired of hearing that yeah yeah (laughs) um but no so we're uh, this segment here we're talking about the nhl draft that's coming up and as our resident draft expert um matt brought in brought in the big shooters 
the North American draft expert for, uh, for your website. So for draft pro, so Matt, why don't you kick us off with the first question? We'll just dive right into the, uh, the NHL entry draft. That's going to be tomorrow. Once uh, as we're recording on the third, on the Thursday night. So the draft will start tomorrow night. So well, let's kick things off. Um, number one pick is, um, is it going to be anybody but Owen Power? Uh, personally, I don't. I don't think so. I think it's going to be Owen Power. I think he is the uh, best player available in this draft. Uh, obviously, it's been a lot closer of a draft class than in previous years. You know, Owen Power is not like uh, Alexei uh, Lafreniere, where um, you know he was uh, out by far the best player available in last year's draft and it was a shoe in for the Rangers to pick him as soon as they won the draft lottery but you know when Buffalo won the draft lottery this year you know it definitely was and it still hasn't been a shoe in that they'll draft power um, especially with power now you know coming out and saying that he thinks maybe he or he would like to go back to the University of Michigan for one more year of seasoning before making the NHL uh, I I wonder if that would influence uh, Buffalo's decision to, to pick him first overall. I don't think it should. I think Owen Power is the best player available. He's got, you know, just a great upside to become a number one pairing defenseman, uh, play in all situations, play 26, 25 minutes a night. Uh, and you can, you know, trust him with whatever he, you know, you throw at him. Uh, I think he's uh, the, the best player available, but, you know, we'll, we'll see if Buffalo feels the same way. So do you, do you see him as being an NHL ready prospect that could play, but, sh- but will probably not? I think so. I, I think, um, you know, the, the big thing for me was I thought his, uh, his season with the university of Michigan, the NCAA, he, he had a slow start to the year, but then he came on in the, in, in the second half. And I thought he settled in really nicely. Um, what really solidifies me to say, yeah, he is, NHL ready now was his uh, his tournament performance at the World Hockey Championships with Team Canada. You know, to, to go from playing only two minutes or, or just not playing at all with Canada to then playing over 20 minutes and against men and, and leapfrogging some NHL players on that roster, even though, as we know, the Team Canada roster wasn't as good as previous years. Um, it was still, it's still a pretty big statement to, to the kid, uh, and, and how good power is right now. I think what I was most impressed about was how well he can maneuver along the blue line and inside the offensive zone. And I think uh, he showed a little more offensive potential, uh, with, when he was playing with team Canada. And so, uh, I, I think he is NHL ready right now. Um, you know, if he wants to go back to the university of Michigan for one more year, you know, so be it. You know, it, that's not the end of the world. That doesn't, that's not going to make him a bust or any worse of a first overall pick. But I still think, you know, he would, he would have no issue coming in and playing uh, and, and operating as even like the number four defenseman on Buffalo. What, what do you think his draft floor is? Like the, the, the worst case scenario, what he turns into? I think it's probably as a number four. Um, you know, I think he can step in as a number four right now as second bearing defenseman. And I think he, I, I would be shocked if he, he would be anything worse than a second bearing defenseman. I think he, the, the reason being is there are a lot of intangibles 
to his game and a lot of assets that I think are, are already very valuable uh, for defensemen. And, and then you, you factor in his size and, and how much stronger he's going to get and the more experience, you know, and the more he learns from an NHL coach, NHL veteran, you know, and all that, it, it, it can elevate his game. I, I really think of him as a Alex Petrangelo type of player where his hockey uh, intelligence is his best asset. And, and players who have a really high IQ normally tend to, to have a more longer and successful NHL career, in my opinion. And that's why I think his floor is, you know, you know it, it'll be as a second pairing uh, defenseman. Uh, and then obviously the ceiling, as I said earlier, is a, a true number one defenseman. So speaking of the University of Michigan, we're likely to see three members of University of Michigan taken in the top 10. Would you agree with that? Yeah, uh, I, I would be surprised if uh, one of them slips out. So speaking of them, number two, most likely Matty Beneers. Yeah, and, you know, he, he's probably – and it seems like more and more people are, are predicting him in their mock drafts for, for Veneers to go number two to Seattle. I think it's just because of the, the positional need and, and his game is more matured and refined than Kent Johnson right now. I think uh, Kent Johnson definitely has the higher upside. And, uh, you know, he looks uh, a lot more of a uh, dynamic offensive player than Veneers. But Veneers, you can't – not like the way he plays like he plays playoff hockey every single shift and i think that's why he will go ahead of uh of, of his teammate in michigan johnson and why he'll probably go number two uh, i'll be surprised if veneer slips out of the the fifth uh, the top five really well if you look at who seattle picked in the expansion draft they weren't really they're more of a heavier defensive team um so so bringing in somebody like veneers um, at number two would probably be a really good pick for uh, for Ron Francis. Yeah, and he, and the other thing with Beniers is he's a natural centerman. Uh, I can't have it. You know, I don't envision him being a winger in the NHL. I think he strives uh, better down the middle because he's more involved in, in playing that full 200 foot game. I think he can, you know, the way he controls his pace coming through the neutral zone with speed and carrying the puck is is something you want your centerman to, to have. And whereas Ken Johnson, I think he he's more like I would put him, he, he's a centerman right now, but he could be a winger at the NHL level because his defensive game needs work. And, you know, if he's willing to put in that work, he could become a, a, a full-time center at the NHL. But I think, you know, uh, there, there's there's the, the potential for him to, to be a winger. The, the one uh, there's a question I have. <clears throat> Where do you think Luke Hughes is going to go? Do you feel like he, New Jersey's going to let him slip by, or are they going to add him to his brother's team? Uh, I think New Jersey right now probably needs more goal scoring help or, or more offensive help. Um, they have a good young defenseman in Ty Smith coming up that I think is a really solid player for them. Um, I think it's really hard not to draft the brother. Uh, and have that, you know, just as even as a marketing standpoint, you know, in, in a business, I know that's not what, you know, we're, you know, we're about, but sometimes the owner could step in and, and get his, uh, you know, voice in the ear of, of, of the Jersey's GM and just, you know, the potential to have the, the, the brother duo and, 
And, and, and Luke Hughes is definitely worthy of, I, I think he can even go, you know, he's a top five prospect. Uh, it's just that the, this group, especially in the top 10, is so close together that, you know, there is a potential that he slips to the five and 10 range. Um, I, I, if I'm New Jersey, I'm probably looking for more offensive help, uh, you know, maybe getting someone like Ken Johnson or, or Fabian LaSalle. But, you know, it, it definitely, definitely intriguing and tempting to take, you know, the younger uh, brother of uh, Jack. Matt? Right now, if you're looking at a top goal scorer in the draft, who would you, who would you be picking? I'd probably pick Chaz Lucius. Uh, with the, is, it, is it because of his name or? <laughs> Honestly, uh, I think probably, yeah. And, and you know, in next year's draft, I draft his uh, younger brother too, whose uh, name is Cruz. Oh, so, my Lord. <laughs> yeah, they, they, got, they got quite a, that's a duo of a name there. And, and it's funny because Cruz, the younger brother, is uh, he's a really solid playmaker. So, I, next in next year's 2022 draft draft Cruz Lucius and 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 just have him feed his brother but no I, I think um, Chaz is the best goal scorer uh, available in this draft I think it's very close I think there's a lot of players that are you know have such their uh, an NHL ready shot Chaz Lucius Mason McTavish um, uh, Logan Stankoven I think has it Samu Tuamala who's uh, projected in the late first uh, like I think yeah, they, they have uh, really NHL-ready shots right now. But I think Chaz, what sets him apart is his ability to shoot off both feet in motion, in tight. Um, you know, he, he can pick his corners from distance or right in front of the net uh, in, in the home plate. So he's got a really high-end uh, shot and arsenal that he uses to, to get by goalies. And, and I, I, I think he's a guy who could score 40 goals in the NHL one year. Now the, uh, the NHL draft is not going to be um, free from any unfortunate press at all mm-hmm. th- this year. Thanks to a uh, Mr. Mayu from mm-hmm. uh, the London Knights. Do you feel that anyone is going to actually step up and select this massive defenseman, or are they going to let him slide out of the uh, the draft altogether? I think there there's no chance he will he'll get selected. Um, I think you know it, it's just we we saw what happened last year with uh, Mitchell Miller with Arizona, and then Arizona renounced that pick and and his rights with the team. I think it just it it doesn't make sense, and you know you have to have. Uh, Logan Mayu, you know, he doesn't right now, he doesn't deserve to be drafted because of the crime he committed and he needs to, you know, uh, you know, have time to be forgiven. Right. Uh, and, and right now is not the time that he needs to focus on or teams need to focus on for him to be an NHL player. He needs to be focused on becoming a better person and, and uh, you know, sending out a, 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 you know, a sincere apology to, to the woman uh, that, you know, that he committed the crime to. So uh, if someone did draft Mayu, I would be incredibly surprised. He, he's a great hockey player, but it, it's just, you know, you know, it, it would not be a smart decision right now. Yeah, the Canadians get, uh, get a lot of grief 
uh, in general for putting such a high standard for character. You know, yep. they, they want to draft for character. And mm -hmm. that's the kind of thing that pays off in the long run. Like you mentioned the hockey mm -hmm. IQ, but so does character. And right now, I don't mm -hmm. see any from Logan Mayu. No, no. And, you know, how can you, how can you say he has character or uh, when, you know, he does something like that, right? It, it's just, it, it's, it's a statement to the way he thinks even outside of the game and all that. And that's not something that is, you know, like, it, and it shouldn't be accepted in, in this day and age. You can't be, you know, taking uh, advantage of women like that. And you can't, you know, it's just, it's just a disgusting act. Right. Uh, and, and I think, you know, he needs to be, uh, the consequences need to be taken, you know, and he needs to, you know, just have time. If, if he makes the NHL five years from now and he has done all of his, you know, he's, he's, you know, he's been forgiven and, you know, he's done the right things and all that. I'm not, I don't know what he would need to do. Obviously there's some, you know, rehab like he could do and, and, and talk to, you know, women that have gone through it and, and he can understand really the pain that he caused on this, on this, you know, on this female. So uh, yeah, it's, it's not a good look to his character, not at all. And, you know, uh, you know, a good look to his character is, you know, you know, helping out, you know, helping out sick kids going and, and, and being a good part of the community and all that. Right. And, and we see that in, in so many hockey players and, and this is just not one of them. All right. We're going to move on from that nightmare scenario. Uh, Matt, you've got some, you've got some better questions. So if you're looking for a goaltender, do you take uh, Sebastian Costa or are you taking Jesper Wallstad? Uh, Wallstad. I think uh, the reason being is he's a lot more mature and poised type of goaltender. I think when I watch him play, I kind of get amazed at his age and how composed he really is. Um, I give him the comparison to Carey Price in that sense that he, he doesn't just doesn't look like he gets phased by a lot. He's in control of the game. He's in control of what's in front of him and he's in control of his movements. And that's so important for a goalie his age not you know there a lot of times you can get a goalie like Casa and, and you know who's, who's very athletic um, but needs to control his movements a little better um, or or be a little bit more poised in, in some of the stuff he does you know I, I think with Casa there, there's times where I see that he gets uh, he's 6'6 but I've seen him sit back down in his butterfly so his technique could use a little bit of refining and some work where he, uh, with Wallstad I find that he's just pretty spot on with his technique and, and spot on with a lot of his game. I don't find a lot of holes in Wallstad's game. And I think he just has the, the maturity to, to be a franchise like goalie, like, uh, like a Carey Price and Mark Andre Fleury or a, uh, a Vasilevsky. Do you think Edmonton's going to trade up to try and get one of them? I think it would be a mistake because their, their prospect pool is not that big right now. Um, I think if you're Edmonton, you hope that Costa uh, is available at 19. Because as of right now, it seems like he's not going to be available. I just saw uh, a report that Chicago had talked with him and, and they may draft him. Costa could go at 11 with Chicago now. which uh, So if he drops down to 19 for Edmonton, I think, then that's money in the bank. Then I think you select him in a heartbeat. Um, but 
if they were to trade up in the draft to make sure they get him. Uh, off the top of my head, I don't know if Edmonton has a second round pick, but I would assume that asking price starts with a second round pick. And now you're, you're leaving your prospect pool, which is already thin. You're leaving it even more bare in, in Edmonton's uh, uh, spot. Matt. So I have one more question. And after this, how about, how about Blaine and I will, uh, maybe we can throw out some of our suggestions yep. to who we think the Canadian should, uh, should mm-hmm. pick with their, with their pick and uh, we'll see what you think. Yeah, that sounds good. So um, my question is what happened to Aturati? I think he was uh, mis misevaluated. Like, I think he you know, we saw a lot of, you know, the potential in, in such a young player and in and, and what he was doing and, and getting to the top Finnish league at such a young age. And I think we were, we were all bent on that and saying, wow, that's impressive. And it was, and he looked like a great player, but I think what started to come more into fruition this year was that his offensive creativity and upside is just not really there. It, it, it's very average. And, and, you know, he can make questionable decisions with the puck that results in too many turnovers throughout the course of a game. Um, I think what he is so good at is he, and, and you know, he, he's got the potential. It's hard to, uh, to project a player to be a, a future potential selfie guy, but he is a strong defensive centerman. Like he, he is a really good attention to detail type centerman. He, he's a, he's an honest player. He works really hard, uh, you know, with a full 200 foot game. Uh, I, I just think what happened with him was he did not show the offensive capabilities to warrant being a top 10 pick. And I think that's what uh, caused him to, to fall in the rankings. But, you know, you know, he's still a young player and, you know, we, we could be mistaken by this. I mean, and, uh, Anton Lindell was, was one player that is almost the exact similar where people were, were questioning his his skating even and his offensive ability and they were more uh complimenting his defensive and 200 foot game and now Lundell just had an awesome offensive year in Finland and I believe for for team Finland at the world juniors at you know he he potentially could do that but I I don't see the the creativity in his hands and his 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 uh processing to to do that Think maybe he's falling into the first round. Or do you think a team's still going to take him in the first round? I think a team will still take him in the first round. I think he's still probably a top twenty pick, um, but uh, he, he's more to fifteen to twenty range. Whereas uh, he started the year in, in maybe the top five range. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. All right, um, we'll move on to the Canadians, as this is a uh, Canadians podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so as Matt mentioned, we're, we'll throw out a couple of names for who we think the Canadians could be looking at or should be looking at. I got two names that I'm really enamored with who I think will be in that 30 range. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first is Sasha, uh, Sasha Pashtunov. Mm-hmm. If, if I'm pronouncing that right, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm brutalizing it. <laughs> I, I tend to do better with the pronunciations, but my God, that those names just... It's hard, but uh, the second one I find a lot easier. Uh, Tyler Boucher. Those are two names that I think the Canadians are probably looking at in their range. Mm-hmm. What do you think of either one? I think Sasha Pasternak's job is probably the better 
pick. Uh, I think he's got more offensive potential and he can provide more help in the top six for Montreal. And, and uh, you know, he, he's very, uh, uh, he, he can operate as a goal scorer or a playmaker. And, and he has some of the best hands in the draft, in my opinion. He's really, he's really, you know, he's a player you want controlling the puck, especially in the offensive zone, because he can kind of add a lot of deception in, in the way he plays and sets up uh, scoring or shot chances for his teammates. I think Tyler Boucher is more of a, think Josh Anderson, maybe in the sense, you know, he's a good skater, heavy, you know, he's already got NHL size, physically matured, and he could really deliver a, uh, a physical energy type, uh, type of game to, to uh, Montreal's top nine. Uh, I think, you know, there's more potential for, and a higher uh, upside for Passajov to, to even contribute on a, a first line as the, as their left winger. Whereas Boucher, I think um, maybe more of a safer pick. I think he can, I think he, he's a, you know, I'll be surprised if he doesn't become an NHLer. Like he's definitely going to be at least a fourth line energy type, like grinder maybe, but I think he, he could, you know, be in the top six potentially. Um, and uh, even in as a third liner, I think, he, he had an injury riddled year. So his offensive potential and his skill set uh, at times wasn't fully on display. Cause I think he just never got into a groove and his confidence was never fully there this season. Blaine, you did too. So I'll do too, unless you've got something else. Unless no, no, you, you go, you go. Okay. So my two um, would be uh, Zach Dean out of Gatineau. And uh, Zachary, Zachary LaRue out of uh, Halifax, formerly. I love how you go with the Q players. Formerly, <laughs> formerly of the Moncton Wildcats. Just have to throw that in there. <laughs> so Zach Dean is a one of my favorites in this draft. I watched him uh, when he was playing in the GTHL uh, AAA for the, uh, the Toronto Nationals. And, you know, you talk about an honest working player, and that's Dean. He, he is such a – such a workhorse and, and he will you know fish out any puck in the corners or whatever you know it doesn't matter what position he plays center left wing right wing like he can play all three positions I love his work ethic more than anything and I think he's underrated offensively I think I've seen some people say that his offensive upside is the most questionable one I think he is so quick and explosive in tight spaces that he will be able to maneuver and produce at the NHL level and for Zachary LaRue, you want your next Brad Marchand. Well, there he is. I mean, this is a such a polarizing player because of the fact that he got suspended four times, I think, this past year in the queue. But if you can find a way to have him bring back those emotions, but also continue to play like a pest, like he is, and continue to play like a Brad Marchand, then he could actually turn out to be, you know, Let's, let's redraft this, this upcoming NHL draft in five years. Zachary LaRue, you could say, oh, he, he should have been a top 10 pick because you were able to dial down the emotions. He wasn't taking stupid penalties or he wasn't getting suspended. And, and he's such a big-bodied power forward. He's not afraid of anyone or anything on the ice. He'll go to the net. He'll go to the corners. Uh, and, and the thing that impresses me the most about him is, is probably, I mean, at first you're going to look at the physicality and the aggression he, he brings. But then I, I look at the hands and the vision that he that he also brings, and I think, wow, this guy can set up plays. This guy could put up 50, 60 points in the NHL, no problem. 
just as long as, you know, he doesn't become a liability in the penalty box. So do you think that Luder's um, discipline issues and uh, Zach Dean's injury this year caused them to mm-hmm. slide down a little bit in the draft to say maybe the end of the second? I think so. We, uh, we even had LaRue as high as top 15 uh, at our like mid-season rankings, but then we had him drop because a lot of our scouts kind of were just, just you know, the, 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 the suspensions and, and the, the, the discipline uh, or lack of discipline was, was really what kind of like made us bring him down. I, like the potential is still very high for him, but I think you have to sometimes take in consideration some of those issues and, and, and potential for, for red flags and a prospect. I mean, uh, Ryan Merkley was, you know, one of those players uh, not too long ago where he just had no commitment defensively. And, you know, he was a top 10 maybe pick in that draft because of his skating and his offensive potential, but he couldn't defend. And he just, it didn't seem like he, he really wanted to. Um, so he, he dropped to San Jose in the 20s. So, uh, I think for Zach Dean, I think just, I personally think people are, 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 you know, they're not valuing as high, valuing him as high as they should. Uh, maybe I have a little bias because I've watched him since he was 15, 15 years old, but I've also watched Brant Clark and then Hoffman and, and even Shane Wright. But, you know, I, I think Zach Dean has more to offer and he's a guy who could have a breakout season in the queue next year. Um, and so I think Dean, Dean's probably rated appropriately, um, but LaRue definitely could have been a top 15 guy if it wasn't for the discipline, uh, the lack of discipline. How much of a, how much of a troll job would it be for the Canadians to pick a Q league player from Alberta in Dean? I mean, that would just be perfect. It is funny. His, uh, his track record, he's been all across the globe. Uh, Zach Dean it's like um, Newhook Alex Newhook yeah. pretty much yeah uh, so uh, I think and, and I think Newhook went the opposite right he's from Newfoundland yeah. and he went to Western Canada That's right. um, so yeah it, it would be it'd be pretty funny I think you know I think the the maybe the another you know I think LaRue could be a fan favorite because I think he is from Quebec I'm not too sure about that but He's from just Quebec. outside Montreal. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. he he could turn into a fan favorite, especially if he plays the game like Marchand eventually. <laughs> yeah. It would be kind of but like I, I I would be all for uh, selecting either one of those guys. It would be mm-hmm. kind of neat to see an, uh, to see a Newfoundlander go to uh, the Canadians. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I think it, it, there's a potential for two guys. I, I I jotted down two guys that I can briefly mention if you guys want me to. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, one was Matthew Sim. Samskovich, I'm probably saying that wrong. Um, I played, think for, he, played for Chicago, right? Yeah, so yeah. the reason why I put his name down is because the, the Habs drafted Sean Farrell, Correct. who also played for the Chicago Steel. So yeah. I think there could be a likeness to, to Samskovich because they've seen him a lot as, yeah. as their scouts go to see how Farrell has progressed. So, and I think he's a guy who can bring a lot of speed to the lineup uh, on the wing. I, I don't think he's a he's going to be a centerman. I, I know he he played some center, but I think he's a guy who brings some speed to the wing. And the other player is uh, Samu Tuamala, uh, and you know he's another really big goal scoring threat from the wing. And if you can have maybe him and in Caulfield as your one two punch coming down the wing and scoring, that would be really deadly. And and you have the offense to to contribute. Uh, I, I really like 
you know, to Amala, I wasn't sold on because I thought he had some inconsistency to his all-around play. But the U18s, he showed a little more maturity and he was back-checking a little harder. I saw him coming back through the neutral zone and stealing pucks and, and throwing his weight around. So I think Tua Amala has grown on me and I think he can be a, uh, a really solid option uh, for, for, the, uh, for Montreal at, at 30. If there was one name in the entire draft, regardless of team, who do you think is going to be one of those later draft gems? I think, see, I want to say one guy, but I don't think he's, he's that late. Or he's going to go that late. I think because he goes around the second round, Wyatt Johnston. I think he's a guy who is so versatile and, and just such a, like, I don't find a lot of holes in his game. I think he just doesn't have maybe some elite uh, attributes that, and that's why he, he gets ranked not inside the first round. So I, I think he's more of someone who, even though he's a second rounder, I think he could be a steal. Um, another player, a, a player that's more near the, the end of the draft or potentially for the end of the draft, I would say is Michael Quinn. No one maybe knows this name, but he played with uh, Scott Morrow uh, with the uh, Shattuck St. Marie program. And when I watched that team play, primarily going to scout Scott Morrow, who is, you know, ranked in maybe the top 50 and an early second rounder potential. I came away being impressed with Michael Quinn. I did not find a lot of holes in his game either for someone who doesn't get talked about. I think he's very mature in the way he defends. He protects the middle so soundly. Uh, he's always got the stick in front of him. Really good mobility, too, when skating backwards to, to stay with faster players. And offensively, he's really good at, you know, maneuvering around the offensive zone and <laughs> hanging on to the puck if he doesn't uh, you know, see, see, an, see an option, right? If, if he doesn't see an option, uh, he's going to take that extra second, survey around, and, and his, his skating – it becomes pretty evident there. He's not a high-end skater, but he's a very fluid skater. And I, I think Michael Quinn is someone that he may not even get drafted, but I think he should. He deserves a little more recognition as a potential late seventh rounder steal. Um, but I think you know a lot of what I see in his game is a lot of what I I see in you know some third pairing NHL players that just go on to have a great career. Like they're just a, a sound third pairing or, or they play as the number four on a second pairing and they give you stability that way. They go unnoticed, but they're very effective. That's what I think Michael Quinn could be. So bigger, more talented Mete. <laughs> yeah, almost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah a, little, a little more. Um, I actually, I was going to say he reminds me of someone, but I, I can't bring up the name because he plays for the Leafs. I don't know if you guys want me to, to say no, no, because he's a Leaf there. I was going to say Travis Dermott. He, he reminds me a little bit more of Travis Dermott. He has a, a bit of a physical side, but he's very good at transitioning the puck. Yeah, I like Dermott. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm happy because don't take him away from us because, I, you know, I, I don't want him to, to leave Toronto. Oh, but. don't worry. I'm sure Dubas is just going to give him away for something like a Jared McCann. <laughs> Well, I, I don't know. I, I don't know because Dubas loves his guys, right? He doesn't yeah. he doesn't let his guys go, and Dermot is one of his guys. Although McCann did play for Dubas in the Sioux, which I was surprised that he didn't protect him. But you know, we'll we'll see. Hopefully, McCann goes on to to only put up like thirty points with Seattle, so 
us Leafs fans don't feel so bad about that. Hey, you got to stick with your, you got to stick with a team that got you so far in the playoffs, right? That's exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll stick with, you know, I can't say anything. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> uh, all right, Matt, do you have anything else? That's everything for me. All right. Um, Jared, I didn't want to take up too much of your time. I know you're busy. Um, I mean, just trying to find a ride at the TTC in Toronto takes hours. <laughs> oh, yeah what no, a horrible city yeah no it, it is <laughs> it is so brutal and then when you do find one it's jam-packed and you gotta stand next to each other thankfully covid's actually kind of helped us with that yeah <laughs> don't have to be so close to some strangers that don't know you know what showering is but no. <laughs> although I, I gotta admit i'm dying to go back to ontario i i haven't seen my family in three years so it'd be be nice to get back there are nice places in ontario there, there are some beautiful places and you know, I want to, you know, I, got, I have a cottage up north near Peterborough and you know, I want to, you know, that, that's a nice place to go in the, in the summertime to get away uh, from uh, the Leafs missing the, or not missing the playoffs, but not advancing in the first there you round. Go. <laughs> go watch the Leafs fall in the, in the, in the, the autumn instead of the spring. Yep. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> um, all right. No, I want to thank you for coming on the show. We really appreciate you giving us some of your time, especially in a busy time like this, right before the draft. Uh, we know it's not an easy thing to do. So I, I, I want to thank you for giving us that 30 minutes of your time. Um, Jared, can you tell, uh, just give our listeners one last uh, plug for your, for, uh, for where they can follow you, where they can find some of your work and what to yeah. watch for. <laughs> yeah, no, well, first off, uh, thank you. Uh, thanks guys for, for, let, uh, for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. I'd love to, to come back on and, and, and talk more with you guys, even if it's, you know about the halves or the leaps and we can go at it uh even more i'd, I'd, I'd love to do that but um yeah if, if uh, any of your listeners want to follow me on twitter you can follow me at jared brown 97 and and you can see some of my work at draftprospectshockey.com uh and uh, we, we're in the middle of posting some more articles ahead of uh, tomorrow's nhl entry draft no you're always welcome back on the show uh we uh we like making friends across the hockey world regardless of what team you follow because honestly who gives a crap it's all about hockey right exactly yeah i couldn't agree more so uh again thank you very much for coming on the show and uh we hope to see you again real soon yeah thanks so much for having me on guys and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com.
I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.